Spotlight Warrior Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one best-selling book, Sensitivity is Your Superpower, How to Harness Your Gifts, Fulfill Your Purpose, and Create a Life of Joy. And if you are a sensitive soul, I'd love for you to get my Sensitive Soul Empowerment Guide. You can get that at sensitivesoulguide.com, so sensitivesoulguide.com, and it's the three ways of navigating your way to more peace, uh, prosperity, positivity, and be able to empower yourself uh, to be able to go forward without feeling like your sensitivity is a curse, but instead is a superpower. So again, sensitivesoulguide.com is where you can get that absolutely free. And today's topic with my guest, Kate Hartsong, is near and dear to my heart, and I know it's near and dear to many of my tribe's hearts because it is all around, you know, um, actually the title of her book, Humanity's Cry for Change, actions you can take to create a new earth and deeply we are one. So my tribe really feels it deeply that we are one. And sometimes it's really painful to see on the outside what's going on in the world. And it can be frustrating or depressing or annoying, you know, uh, if we don't see the bigger picture. And um, the author of the book, Kate Hartzong, is a confidence coach, public speaker, Reiki master. And uh, we are going to be talking about this whole thing, like why there's global upheaval and chaos and how this maybe surprisingly will positively support us and humanity. Um, and maybe some data, I love data, <laughs> on how and why life is all interconnected. Like is that for real or is that just a colloquialism in the spiritual new age movement? Um, and if we do have proof that we are all one and interconnected, how knowing that may support us in living with more respect, joy, and collaboration, and how you and I can make a positive difference in our lives and for humanity. So Kate is the empowering life enhancing author of two books, this one, um, and uh, Deeply We Are One, and she is also a confidence coach, workshop facilitator, co-author, public speaker, and a Reiki master teacher. For over 20 years, Kate has been receiving profound insights while meditating. She is passionate about supporting her clients, audiences, and readers with these insights and the wisdom from her vast life experiences and education. She also empowers people to realize that as they do their inner work, they contribute to creating peace worldwide. Her quote says it best, peace within, peace on earth. Thank you. Kate, thank you so much for being here. So happy you're here today with us. Oh, it's such a delight. I am so grateful. It's so wonderful to know of your work, and there's so many things that are in common. And it's such a passion of mine to share and to help people understand better what's going on on this planet. <laughs> so a lot yes. going on, as you know. <laughs> Oh, that's great. Well, tell us first a little bit about uh, you in terms of like how did you come to this place where you wrote this book? Like what was happening in your life, uh, you know, growing up? Because uh, not everybody wakes up as a child and go, I want to be a spiritual teacher, right? <laughs> Walk us through that. Yes. Um, you know, around about 25 years ago during a meditation, I discovered that I was receiving great insights. And I thought, well, I should just go ahead and write them down. Mm. Um, I didn't know what it was. At first, I didn't trust this. But I thought, well, I'm going to grab a pen and paper. And I started writing down the, the words, the impressions that I was receiving. And I realized that this was really actually information, wonderful information for my support and guidance. And then as time went on, I was guided to write this book, which is now my first book, uh, Deeply We Are One, which is essentially helping us recognize that we are all interconnected. And as time went on, I was guided, oh gosh, I think it was in 2010, guided now to start writing another book. I didn't know the title. I didn't know what it was about. But you know, I came to really trust and really value and just just honor the beautiful words coming through me. And so I had many, many writings. I called them downloads or automatic writing. And it led years later to now what is known as my book, Humanity's Cry for Change. And it's the subtitle is Actions That You Can Take to Create a New Earth. But it didn't happen overnight. Um, when I was growing up, I had a 
you know, a lot of challenges like most of us have with a traumatic childhood. But thankfully, I was able to transcend that. And one of the things that helped me transcend was starting to do regular meditations. So I'm so grateful for the meditating. You know, I'm sure your listeners know how important it is that we spend time listening and just Mm. having that inner guidance. So I feel so honored to be the messenger of humanity's cry for change. You know, the information is profound. So I am just, you know, honored to be the messenger of what came through to me. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes, thank you, thank you. Well, thank you for listening to your heart and uh, letting Source (laughs) channel through you. Um, So uh, tell us a little bit about just, you know, what we've been seeing lately, um, just in the world with the, the pandemic and just a lot of things have come to light, which can be very frightening, um, but also disheartening to, uh, you know, humans all over the planet. Uh, things that they thought were true aren't true. Um, you know, we're seeing things revealed that we never knew were going on, you know, for decades or probably for millennia. Um, and it can feel almost desperate for people because we mm-hmm. want har- harmony. We want that change. We want positive change, but it seems so far away. So give us your perspective on you know, what what's with all this chaos and like, isn't that a bad thing? Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and, and there is so much that so many of us are dealing with, whether it's individually or within our family, dynamics and relationships, and then, of course, certainly all the way around the world globally. And why is it that there is more and more chaos? Well, I will share the reason that there is so much more chaos is humanity is going through a major evolutionary shift. We go through this from time to time. Humanity, along with Mother Earth, because we are so intricately connected with Mother Earth, both of us, or all of us, (laughs) the all, is going through a massive change. And this is just normal. It's, you know, the nature of life is ever expansion, always evolving, always expanding and growing. And that's the purpose of an evolutionary leap. And as my book describes, what we're going through is we're right in the midst of transition between the old age called the Pisces age, which is characterized by, oh, competitiveness, uh, believing we're separate from each other, male dominance, aggression, war, Uh, feeling that men and women are not equal, feeling that other people are not equal to us. All of that is an old paradigm. And that old paradigm is no longer working within the realm of the planet, within the realm of energy. And we are actually in the midst of going into a new age. It's called the new age of Aquarius. And this is characterized by, oh, you know, what we crave in our heart, love and kindness, respect, harmony, collaboration. Also understanding that there is a unity and that men and women are equal. And it doesn't matter what race or color or type of lifestyle we have. We are all actually the same. Yes, we are beautifully with our unique characteristics, but bottom line is we're all the same. Well, Mm. Dr. Karen, in order for us to get into this new earth, the old needs to dismantle. (laughs) Unfortunately, as that dismantling happens, there's so much chaos and upheaval. I'm sure so many people are feeling this, but it is this upheaval, (sighs) very painful, yes, very disruptive. But it's what is causing the old to crumble and we are in the very midst of this. Well, it's just, yeah, it's, wow. it's um, we've been hearing, 
you know, that um, in order for the new to come, that the old has to crumble away. And for some of us, you know, it can feel like, uh, anytime soon, guys, like, it's just like, can we just like go through this like much faster? So why the seemingly uh, perceptually long, drawn out uh, process <laughs> of, of, you know, this chaos and dismantling? What's, what's your take on that? Why is it a long process? Why it um, seems so long and drawn out and like, uh-huh. you know, uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, from our human perspective, <laughs> I mean, we are all spiritual beings, but we are in the human body. And in this, what we have, have been accustomed to know as the 3D, three-dimensional reality, it is at a slower pace. And for our human consciousness, we do view this as long and drawn out. And it is a lot. It's so much for us to handle. There are so many different things that need to shift. And depending whether it's on an individual basis or perhaps on the level of a family, whatever dynamics need to shift, whatever happens to need to shake out, or if it's on a global level like the financial systems mm. or the economic systems or, you know, we've gone through this pandemic or there's big shifts with the health systems. Yes, it is drawn out. It takes a while. We just need to embrace. Uh, I know it's so, so much easier said than done, but if we can possibly embrace this, in a way that um, cultivates and allows us to move through the changes without resistance. If that's possible, if we can do that, that makes life easier and the process could move a little bit faster. But there Mm. are so many dynamics happening. Right. I actually really agree with you on that point about resistance because it's natural for us to resist what isn't comfortable and what looks Mm -hmm. yucky and that kind of thing. And that, at least in my personal experience, whenever I'm resisting something, um, it just takes a lot longer to get to the other side because I'm trying to push it away as opposed to just accepting what is Mm -hmm. and allowing the the thing to flow and, and process even though it's you know, painful. Um, so that that is definitely key. Is uh, what you were saying is, you know, when we resist, like the saying says, right? When we resist, things persist. It's one thing to kind of know and quit that, and another thing completely to actually live it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It. It's right. so true. And I mean, it's human nature, unfortunately, but it is human nature to resist because we mm-hmm. don't. Most of us don't want change, mm-hmm. and or we're scared of the unknown. Well, what happens if I do this? And, you know, it's easier to stay in comfort within our own self. And yet, it isn't. We think it is yep. temporarily, but in reality, it is not. It's so much easier to go with, you know, that phrase we all know, go with the flow. But there's really, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's really a lot to be said about going with the flow. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, (laughs) going with the flow is, you know, sometimes uh, I used to make fun of that, uh, honestly, uh, because I'm very or was, uh, I'm going to cancel clear that one. uh, I was uh, very controlling. So, Mm. uh, yeah, yeah, so going the flow was not definitely in my nature. And, (sighs) yeah, and so... (laughs) So I would just struggle and try to force everything to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I just figured, hey, movers and shakers is what you got to do. You know, you got to make things happen. <laughs> and then I realized, wait a second, if I make things happen, that's just one little old me trying to move mm-hmm. a mountain. Whereas if I allow the support and help of the universe and just have a, you know, an intention and be aligned in my own self, and see, mm-hmm. seemingly things tend to move faster. They tend to go. And I'm like, oh, that's what they mean going with the flow. Mm-hmm. Not that you're ignoring things, right? Because some people say, oh, going with the flow mm-hmm. is like, oh, you're so wishy-washy and you know, never making a decision. Yeah. Well, we're not talking about that. 
That's what I thought it meant, Kate. You know, going with the flow. Yeah. I thought it meant like you're wishy-washy. You don't have any desires. You just got to go with whatever. You wake up in the morning. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to live my life and see what happens. You know, like that's what I thought it was. And I'm being silly, but you know, <laughs> literally, I was no. like, oh, going with the flow is different from what <laughs> I thought it was. And now oh, on the other side of it, I go, oh my gosh, that is so so much better. <laughs> I'm yeah. a lot happier. Oh gosh, I totally relate. That's precisely what I I used to be extremely controlling. And God, I have to take care of everything. And I so remember that pain and anguish when I was younger doing all that. Yep. And it's so much, much easier said than done. It just takes practice. But I completely relate to what you're saying. I used to do the same thing. But now I've come to acclimate and uh, just living, showing up in a different way where, yes, I'm aware, I am mindful. I have consciousness, and I am in that awareness, allowing things to flow through much more than I used to. And life is so much more smoother that way. Wow. Yes. You yes. <laughs> it is. It, it's, it, it's such an interesting um, thing um, to, to witness the, you know, when life flows and when life doesn't flow. Um, maybe we should talk a little bit about... Uh, you know, the, what do you personally see and maybe what some of the things you shared in the book, like um, the big picture is, okay, we're, we're evolving to the next level. Bad, not bad, but uh, the systems that don't work are crumbling. We're creating new systems that do. Do you see any other positive benefits for humanity uh, for the current global turmoil? Yes, yes. Precisely because the way to emerge and live into the age of Aquarius requires us to go through the upheaval for us to dismantle, as we mentioned. Mm -hmm. The good from this, although it's not easy to get there, it is painful. I'm going through my own pain with this. But yet, it supports each one of us into expansion and growth. And, you know, the very nature of life, the very nature of consciousness is always to expand and grow. So the positive that will come out of this, and I don't know exactly when it will, um, my guides have shared with me, and it is in the book, roughly 50 years, but I don't know. Um, There's so many variables, but the positive implications of all of this will indeed be the beautiful new earth. And it's not just Mother Earth, but it's the new humanity. It's the new way of people showing up in life where they're going to actually be far removed from resistance or lower vibrational energies like hatred or jealousy or, you know, worry. Not that that won't be there, but it'll be so much in the background so much more in the foreground Mm -hmm. will be the love and the kindness and collaboration and joy this is actually our true way of showing up this is what we're meant to be we're meant to live in joy and peace yes we are so meant to experience things that don't come to us hard and we will be able to manifest better the key is though For us to bring this in, we need to live within our own heart and honor and love ourselves and many other things. But let's just focus on this love and honoring ourselves. The more we can do this, the more we can love and honor others. And the reason for that is because we are interconnected. Whatever Mm. I see on the outside is always a reflection of what's inside. So the good that will come is when we can expand within our own self through doing our own inner work, our own work through challenges and turmoil or childhood wounds. Work through that, whether it's with a psychologist or maybe a trusted friend, workshops, and all the different avenues for doing our own personal work. When we do that, not only do we clear ourselves of that energy, And we are more clear and much 
that are able to be in joy and peace within ourselves and then offer that to others. But then others also benefit from that. So imagine, let's say millions and millions of people who are doing their own inner work and they're healing and their vibration raises higher so they're more into positive emotions of love and kindness and respect and joy and, you know, all that. Imagine millions of people doing that. Mm -hmm. That actually adds to the collective consciousness of all of humanity because, again, we are all interconnected. So then that will further cultivate and propagate the new earth. And we're part of that where we could really have more joy. I am always so optimistic. I really believe this is possible with the work like you do, myself, and so many others on the planet who are encouraging people to do their own inner work Mm -hmm. so that we can move into that new earth. So I am very optimistic there will be good from all the turmoil. (laughs) Not that for a long answer. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Uh, You know, I'm with you on it. I firmly believe that uh, heaven on earth is possible, first of all, and second of all, that we will see it in our lifetime. And uh, I know sometimes that can seem really lofty. Uh, However, I've seen drastic, amazing change literally overnight in uh, in other areas, so why not this? It, it, It is possible. It may not be pretty, sort of like I tell people, it's like cleaning out an old closet you forgot about. And you got like cobwebs oh. and my, mice turds and all sorts of stuff in there. It's messy. Yeah. But once you have everything yeah. out, you've organized it, you put it back in, it, it's a lot easier to find things. And, you know, it's, it's therefore useful. Oh, I love that analogy. Yeah, feel hmm. free to use it. Oh, thank you. Even, even thank the part you. about the mice turds. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's very visual. I'm a visual person. Anyway. Um, yeah, so, so one of the things we would love to hear from you, Kate, is uh, – you know, the sometimes those of us that are in this field where we're like, you know, into wellness and natural health and, you know, human harmony and all these things, sometimes we're looked upon like a little bit like weirdos or like woo-woo. So, yeah, yeah, we're all one. What proof do you have? So, curious, where's the science proving that we are all interconnected? Yes. Oh, an excellent question. There are so many scientific studies and experiments that have been going on for decades proving that there really is this oneness. So I'll explain it very, very basically. On a most elemental basis, Actually, everything is energy. Quantum physics has proved this. And so it is no longer, uh, you know, atoms or the parts of atoms being considered as the most small particle. In fact, there really is no small particle. Everything is energy. And, and by the way, and energy has a frequency a certain level of frequency at which it vibrates. So Mm -hmm. because everything is energy and has been proven time and time again with so many studies, and there's so many books out there, even in layman terms, um, I'll mention that in a bit, but at the most elemental level, since everything is energy, what this means is everything interpenetrates with everything. There is an all-pervasive field, Uh, Some may know it as the web or the matrix. Some may call it the infinite possibility field or the infinite potentiality. Uh, Some may even call it just consciousness or God or the all that is. Whatever name we call it, everything is energy. And the infinite possibilities does exist. And... So what we have to recognize is because everything is energy, we really actually not always conscious, often unconscious, but we are interacting with everyone. So for example, 
HeartMath is an extraordinary organization. Mm-hmm. They've been doing work for so many years um, on the inner connection of life. What I've always been struck with is, like, let's look at the human physical heart. It actually has an amazing electro- electromagnetic field that goes out, uh, if I remember right, uh, around 10 feet out. It is so just radiating. So in that regard, you know, we're always interconnecting with others with, one example, our heart and the way the electromagnetic energy of that heart expands. Mm. Um, All of us have, um, well, I was going to share something. This is not scientific, but yet it is proof. All of us have, I'm sure all of us on your show have experienced, like you're just out of the clear blue sky, a f- old friend of yours pops into your head, and then suddenly they call you a few hours later. Mm-hmm. Or you know how it feels when we walk into a room and maybe two people have just been fighting, but we can actually feel that icky energy, right? Mm-hmm. Or about, um, oh, what explains when that one person walks into the party and they have such good energy, we'll we'll say something like, oh my God, I love the vibes. He's got great vibes. Vibes? Vibrations. (laughs) (laughs) So true. And uh, lucky for me, I hear that a lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Totally. I love the vibes or hope his vibes aren't good. Well, we are consciously or maybe unconsciously picking up on it so what if what explains a flock of birds that fly in unison with each other or a school of fish you know how they swim how do they know to turn all at the same time mm, so in those non-scientific that. ways hey yeah <laughs> but there is a lot of science i haven't uh one scientific study if you would you like me to share? Absolutely. Um, okay. Well, this is from Greg Braden's book, um, The Divine Matrix. Greg mm-hmm. Braden is an internationally known, extraordinary author, scientist, and he's incredible with bridging science with spirituality. And One so of my favorites. I'm sorry, what? Uh, one of my favorite teachers, actually, and we're, I'm oh, going to see him live in the yeah. January in California. Absolutely. And so in his book, The Divine Matrix, he describes about, in 1993, the U.S. Army conducted an experiment where they took a volunteer, a man who, you know, would be in a room, and they would um, show him... Uh, the stimulus to get his emotions. And what they did is they took a swab of his DNA and put it in the next room. And they wanted to see, is there a correlation between the DNA that's been removed and the man, you know, watching the, I don't know how they did it, but they elicited some emotion. And at, at the very same time, that he had an emotion, the DNA had an electrical response. And they did this many times, and the DNA always simultaneously had an electrical response. Amazing. And they did the same experiment with the DNA being 250 miles away, and it was the same results. So, you know, huh. there's, what would cause that DNA to have that electrical response? No, so it's mm-hmm. fascinating. And mm-hmm. there's many, many other studies, and I'm sure you've probably heard about people, um, you know, when they make an observation, it actually can make an influence on something, on an outcome. So there's just a lot to be said about it, and it's so much proof. So I would recommend um, the book with Greg Braden, The Divine Matrix, and then in another extraordinary book, Lynn McTaggart and her book called The Field. And she Love that book. writes about so many, so many science 
scientific studies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of a science nerd. Not that I remember all of these things, but I remember when I read them, I just get so full of, like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and gratitude. It's, it's a validation and confirmation of what so many of us in our hearts have felt for so long, yeah. and now there's science yeah. backing it up, and so, yeah, we're not crazy. <laughs> we, it is. We feel it. Yeah. We know it. Oh, my goodness. That's, yeah. that's great. So how do we uh, maybe, I mean, you mentioned it before about doing our own work. So, so what does that look like? Because you're talking about, like, how, how do we get to this oneness consciousness uh, and, and, and be in that space so we can help all of humanity? Yes, a great question. Well, it is certainly important for us to do our own inner work, whether it is to deal with, you know, any kind of pain or challenge or we get triggered and why is that? And you work around that or our childhood trauma. All of that is so important because that allows us then actually emotionally and mentally, physically and spiritually, but also energetically. It allows us to be cleaner, more mm. aware, because we're not bogged down by the energies of the pain. Right. But we can also do work about the oneness. And so it's not necessarily so easy. Um, honestly, in all transparency, I'm still working on it. I know Me very too. well and be that oneness but I don't always feel it, but then many times I do, like in meditation. The one thing that a person can do, I would encourage your listeners, if we want to experience more oneness, to actually feel it, I mean, it's one thing, as you know, to know it in our head intellectually, but it's another to feel it, and then to be able to look at another person and just recognize they are one with you, whoever they are. So one thing that really aids in a better ability to appreciate and experience oneness is through meditation. It helps us to get deeper and into connection with the all that is or God or the Father, whatever term we might use. When we meditate on a regular basis, it helps us and that carries us into the day And it actually can help us to better perhaps get a feel that maybe, yes, all of life is interconnected. Mm. And I believe another thing that we can do to help us to recognize oneness is just relax with the idea. Um, Don't force it on ourselves. If we don't believe it, fine. Then don't believe it. Believe it within yourself. Feel it within yourself. For example, one of the exercises in my book um, is to just be in awareness when you are meditating. Can you feel your body? Can you feel any uh, line of separation between the air and your physical body? Well, no. And if we're in a keen place of awareness, maybe we can just kind of experience having our hands in our lap and not feeling the physical body. Just getting into deeper meditation kind of helps you to realize I cannot sense the boundary between my legs and my hands. It kind of feels like they're blending in together. But it takes that quiet mind and stillness to be able to feel it. Feel it. Because when we're so busy with our everyday life, we're going to work, we have our mind going a million miles an hour, it's not so easy to focus on that oneness sensation. But mm. quieting the mind can help. And then again, um, I would say another wonderful exercise is to help ourselves to raise our vibration. So if we're feeling like, you know, in a place of gratitude, that can really help us raise our vibration. And that can help us 
be in more in a place of oneness within ourselves. And again, what we see and feel inside, we can then see on the outside. And I will also add, it's also a unique experience. We have to kind of cultivate it within ourselves in any way that might work for us individually. Because even though we are all interconnected and we are all one, there are unique uh, personality traits and characteristics of each individual person. So honor where you are and go within your heart space and uh, trust your gut. And we could even ask, in what way may I better understand and feel and experience my interconnection with life? You know, like mm. taking a walk in nature. What is it like to connect with nature and walk with nature and set an intention? I'm intending to be with nature and to feel as much as possible my interconnectedness. And if we don't feel it right away, no worries. Just practice. It's like a muscle that we haven't used very often. Just continue practicing and totally believe in it. I think this may, I hope, be some helpful tips on how we can better appreciate and experience oneness. Mm, that's great. Thank you. Well, and, and uh, you know, there's a misconception that uh, if we were, quote, unquote, enlightened, uh, we would feel this oneness 24-7, and that doesn't seem mm. to be a current reality for yeah. most humans, and so we can get kind of down on ourselves sometimes, oh, uh, recovering yeah. perfectionist over here, um, so because we are not feeling connected, and in fact, you know, I, I don't go through it as much, but I know some loved ones that do where they go through this, this periodic, uh, repetitive cycle of like the dark night of the soul, for example, mm -hmm. um, yeah. and they're in the quagmire of whatever. Um, and so I'm wondering whether that, uh, you know, that tool or strategy of yours of going into nature and just being in nature is a possible thing to do when we're in that. Because at that point, sometimes people are like, well, I don't want to meditate. I don't feel like meditating. I don't feel like mm -hmm. I'm one, you know. So, and yeah. if you have any other tips of how to handle uh, those dark nights of the soul, that might be really helpful too for others. Yes, and I'll thank you so much for bringing that up. Not everyone is meant to just sit and meditate. And actually, there are so many ways to meditate, as you pointed out. Yes, walking in nature. In fact, meditation simply is this. Meditation is focusing on something where you're just so keenly aware, you're just so very mindful in the present moment. So meditation or walking in nature or dancing, to me that's meditation because you're so at one in present moment. You're not thinking about the past or the future while you're dancing or perhaps being creative with art, painting. Right, right. You know how time just... Yeah, like time just, it doesn't, time doesn't exist. It feels such a sweet spot. So, yeah. How about exercise? Um, oh, yeah. Like, Absolutely. I mean, we talked about dance, right? Uh, but I was like, if someone's like in a, the dark night of the soul, maybe they, that, that can be like an energy balancing thing by just working out. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Mm. Because we're in the present moment, we're focused, or as you mm. probably know, People who are, um, uh, what is it calling, rock climbing, uh, where they have to be totally present to oh, save yeah. their life, you know. Those are such lovely, wonderful places to be. And it feels, for me anyway, that I am at one with my creator. Um, you had mentioned about the dark night of the soul. Um, honestly, I don't know if I can really answer that. I would say because every person is going through a unique shift and change and circumstances that has brought them to the dark night of the soul. But I've gone through two or three, maybe four in my lifetime. And I can assure everyone, as painful as it is, it is such an incredible release 
of whatever the energy is, the release of energy is what creates the newness in you. So it's so difficult to go through the dark night of the soul, but when we can trust the process and just let it happen, and if we can, try not to resist, let the energies uh, literally dissipate, then we can actually be lighter and have more expansion. So maybe I could say the dark night of the soul perhaps is analogous to all the difficulties we're going through on the planet mm-hmm. because it requires the dismantling and the upheaval and, yes, unfortunately, pain. But once it gets dissipated and dispersed and, neg- and uh, neutralized, there is beautiful light at the end of the tunnel. It just mm-hmm. hang in there while you're going through the rough times, right? Right, and I was thinking, you know, that's where community can be really helpful as well. So a, com- a conscious community yeah. uh, locally, yeah. you know, online that can support that process. So you're not Absolutely. feeling like you're alone in your dark night of the soul and no one's there. You know, that's a lot of times we feel alone when we're in that dark night of the soul. Yes, very true. So true. It's, it's really important to know we are not alone. We may feel alone. But it's so essential to know we really never are alone and to call upon a friend, or I love what you said, the community, and how important that is. Mm-hmm. It's essential. Because we're not think, here to be isolated. <laughs> right, right. Well, and that's the other thing is building heaven on earth is not each person on their own island having their heaven on earth. Uh, There is some degree of relationship that's required to build the heaven on earth in a 3D human form, or meaning like, you know, in a manifest physical form. Uh, And that's where I've um, been doing a lot of growing myself because I'm happy as a lark on my own. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and, and it's more challenging to be in physical proximity and community uh, with other energies and um, being social. Uh, and, but I'm like, well if, well, if I can't do it, right, like how am I expecting other people to do it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's, it's been a great process. Actually, mm-hmm. when you were talking about the different, you know, ways in which we could, you know, um, get through these maybe darker nights of the, you know, or mini dark nights of the soul, I, I was imagining a person in front of a big canvas and even in their really wild anger, literally painting the anger, like literally put, mm. putting color and form to it just to, yeah. in a way of accepting it as opposed yeah. to pretending it's not there, which is, I used to do that. Beautiful. That is wonderful and very necessary, as you well know. It, it's not a matter of denying it or, oh, of course, not mm-hmm. to push mm-hmm. it down, but to acknowledge it and accept it. And actually that helps to then become whole and complete when we integrate all aspects of ourselves, whether it's those aspects we consider good versus not good. They are still all part of us. That's beautiful. I love what you shared. Oh, well, thank you. Well, that wholeness is is big and that uh, um, I was definitely one to in the past just try to keep on holding on to the good and really um, ignoring or not even acknowledging, which is what we're talking about right now, um, acknowledging mm. the, the shadow aspects of the yeah. self. And therefore, it was very easy to trigger me in, you know, one of three ways, you know. And, and now mm. when, I are, uh, when I'm tempted by the universe to be triggered, I go, ha, 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 I know what you're doing. <laughs> That's, I'm passing this, right? Um, so... So it's very interesting. Like for me, it was like uh, if anybody, well, my parents would do do a good job of that previously, uh, if they would say, well, you're lazy or something. I wanted everything but that. Like I could accept other types of criticism, but not that one, you know. And so I worked myself to the bone until I got chronic fatigue because I so did not want to accept the shadow side. And the shadow side is there's a double-edged sword. The other side of it is self-care, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so being lazy is a form of self-care. 
Uh, yeah. And I had to prove myself so much that I made, gave myself chronic fatigue. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I love yeah. this, what we're talking about, just accepting where we're at, not not necessarily pushing it down or preventing it's not there, because that is very, I don't know if you see this a lot, Kate, but I do see this in the spiritual community where I, I've just heard of this term recently, spiritual bypass. Oh, yeah. So yeah. it's an interesting term, which I'd never really heard of until a couple of months months ago whereby people are like, I'm staying high vibe. I'm always high vibe. Nothing can yeah. nothing can ever topple my vibe, you know? And it's like people that yeah. uh, run around like that and I get it because I was one of them. Um, where it's like, nope, don't have a dark side. Never did. Never will. I'm really good, like all the time. You know? And yeah. there's just something totally. that ends up uh, getting pushed down unfortunately because we all are human right. and therefore we you know, yeah. can't be compassionate to other people's dark sides if we can't be compassionate to our own. Totally, totally. It's it's so important to really embrace all of ourselves. And and I would also add it's so important, critical that we are kind and compassionate with ourselves. Mm. If there's an aspect of ourselves we don't like, or goodness, you know, there could be so many emotions behind it from the history of childhood. Oh my goodness, so much shame. You know, for example, I grew up with, I was very much of a person in shame as a child and as a teenager and gratefully, you know, overcame that. But, you know, if we can offer the kindness and compassion to ourselves, knowing we're always doing the best we can, do the work we can, and don't punish ourselves or think of ourselves as bad as, oh, I'm a bad person because I'm feeling so ashamed. Truly, that is not the way to do it. We just have to be kind and compassionate for ourselves. And of course, get our help from our community, from a trusted friend, or for some of us, we may need a psychotherapist or or just a coach or a counselor. But to have that keen awareness, and if we can, the very best we can, to be honest and transparent with ourselves so we can do the work we really need to do to ease our pain, and to work through and process it so it can dissipate. And we can then continue growing in the way we're meant to grow. Mm. So it's very important, self-care. And I love what you said about the being lazy. Lazy is not a bad thing. It depends on the context, as you well know. And I love how you said lazy because you needed self-care. Mm-hmm. So that's critical. And again, awareness is key. How do we know when we need a time of downtime or being lazy? And oh, by the way, a side note, it's all in the term we choose to use. And how do we label things? The word lazy could also be said as self-care or just restfulness. Mm -hmm. So it's the terminology also. But what can we do to embrace all aspects of ourselves? Yeah, and that's part mm-hmm. of the healing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think these these triggers are part of that inner work we talked about, right? When we do get triggered, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. if we can immediately, sometimes it takes me a, a little bit, <laughs> immediately go, oh, wait, oh, yeah, I'm getting triggered. So, okay, mm. there's juice there, there's gold there, there's, you know, uh, w- what's that about? And And then discover maybe another shadow part of ourselves that has been orphaned and uh, mm-hmm. is asking for us to heal, accept, and integrate her or peace. Yes, yeah. 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 And uh, so powerful. Powerful. The work. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, Kate, tell us uh, where we can get a copy of your amazing book, Humanity's Cry for Change, and uh, where can folks contact you if they want to learn more about you and your business? Yes. I have a website. It's called joyfulradiance.com. J-O-Y-F-U-L-R-A-D-I-A-N-C-E, joyfulradiance.com. Would love to hear you uh, questions or comments. My book is on there, and it is also on Amazon, Humanity's Cry for Change. And um, yeah, there's a place you can certainly contact me there. And um, you can also check out my other services. Um, so whatever I can do to support you in your your growth and expansion, I would be honored. That's great. Well, tell us a little bit about your services that you have available for folks. 
Okay, yes. Um, I am a life coach certified. I'm also a certified financial coach. So I am oh, really? a yeah, financial coach. It helps people to increase credit scores or decrease debt, uh, manage money. It isn't like a financial advisor. No, but mm-hmm. just how to better manage our money. And so, yeah, uh, and I am actually, for your audience, um, I'm offering a complimentary session, and this can give you a feel on what is, is it like to work with me. So I do oh, the, um, the the coaching as well as, um, well, financial coaching or life coaching. And, uh, yeah, that's those are my services as well as being an author. And I enjoy public speaking. I'm very passionate to just empower people to know their greatness. So I do have a lot of articles on my website. So if your audience is interested, they can receive two free free heartwarming meditations when they opt in. And you'll get a once a month article that's very uplifting and empowering. Oh, that's great. So uh, on your website, there is a box where folks can put their name and their email to mm-hmm. get the two heartwarming yeah. meditations. And then where do yeah. they go to take advantage of the um, their free initial session? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, they can also go to my website, and there's a contact form. Or, you know, you're welcome to email me at kate at joyfulradiance.com. And, yeah, either email me or go to the website. And, yeah, that would be awesome. Okay, great. So it's joyfulradiance.com. You can click the contact Kate at the very, very top navigation, folks. Or you can uh, just email her directly, Kate at joyfulradiance.com. Kate, this has been a fantastic session with you. And um, I'm just so glad that people like you are, are authoring such uh, very, very important books for our time. So thank you. Oh, thank you. It truly is my honor to be the messenger. And such a joy to be with you, Dr. Karen. It's such a joy to be on your show. And thank you for all the work you're doing as well. Uh, Thank you, thank you. Big hugs and big hearts (laughs) all around, Kate. God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Again, check out Kate's website. It is joyfulradiance.com. You can get your two free heartwarming meditations by opting into her mailing list and then contact her to take advantage of the free coaching session. Thanks again, everyone. Until next time, lots of love. Bye for now.